line of work not to be noticed or remembered from a casual glance. If there was anything that stood out about him, it was his heightened state of alertness, evidenced by the way his dark eyes seemed to record everything they saw, and the calm confidence he exuded when dealing with clients and their issues. But even that he kept under wraps, unless he was working. He did have a way of standing that a trained eye might have concluded meant a military background, and indeed he'd gone from special forces many years earlier to the company before going into the business of fixing problems for people with money. Speaking of which... The fixer's attention shifted to the man in the plum-colored smoking jacket sitting on the edge of a Chesterfield leather chair in a dark corner of the room. The object of his attention was bowed over, his tanned, ruggedly handsome face buried in his hands, as his shoulders and silver mane of hair shook with each muffled sob. Crying, and with good reason, the fixer thought clinically. There was a young woman lying naked and in a state of rigor mortis on the master bed upstairs, and this apparently despondent family man had killed her. And for what, a short circuit between his brain and his balls? The fixer shook his head. It never ceased to amaze him how people with as much station, power, and money as the man in the corner could be so good at throwing it all away for some ass, or more power, more recognition, or a few more bucks they didn't need. Like heroin junkies, they were addicts. The more they got, the more they needed. Then they'd refuse to acknowledge that they had a problem, until they really had a problem. Good thing, he told himself as he began to cross the room toward the man, or I wouldn't be in business. Upon arriving at the house, he'd spoken briefly with his new client's assistant, a young man named Peter, who'd placed the call to him. Thank God someone in the house was thinking with something other than, well, you know. The fixer had then directed the semi-hysterical client to make himself a stiff drink and have a seat in the library. Don't make any calls. Don't touch anything, he'd warned. After that, he'd gone upstairs with the members of his team and Peter to view the problem. She was lying on her back, her head and waves of auburn hair hanging over the edge of the four-poster bed. Her pale blue eyes were wide open and upon closer inspection revealed subconjunctival hemorrhaging, which occurs when tiny blood vessels break just underneath the clear surface of the eye, a common feature of death by strangulation. As if the bruises around her neck weren't proof enough of what happened here, he thought as he knelt beside the bed. Despite the waxy pallor of her skin and the bluish tint to her lips, he could tell that she'd been a real beauty. But all she is now is a liability. He stood and left the room to make his way back down the stairs to the library, leaving his men to begin their work. He'd put on gloves before entering the house, as had all of his men. Their job was to remove evidence, not add to it. However, the tuxedo wasn't his normal business attire. He'd been at a holiday party in Manhattan when he got the call, and there wasn't time to change clothes before climbing into his Porsche 993 and rushing to this home in Westchester County. He wasn't happy about the call, as it meant leaving his beautiful girlfriend surrounded by wealthy, better-looking men who thought that she could do better than a boring, if financially well-off, middle-aged banker. But part of being the fixer was that he was on call any time of the day or night. 
for the kind of money he commanded, he had to be. There will be an extra fee for that tacked on to tonight's invoice, he noted in his mental ledger. The bill would go to the people Peter really worked for, and they'd gladly pay it. They had a lot invested in the man's future potential. At least they'd had the sense to keep someone on the payroll to monitor their prize rooster. Peter might have saved the day. He was a little surprised it had taken so long for the proverbial shit to hit the fan with this man. The rumors about his serial philandering had been out there for years. But a friendly liberal press had not tried very hard to confirm the allegations, and the missus was apparently resigned to the role of a stoic cuck queen. However, that was before her famous husband killed a young woman. Now neither she nor the press nor the police would be able to look past this transgression.